turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. We'll be looking at three short verses. Those verses will not be on the screen today. So please do get out your Bible so that you can follow along. It's very important to us at CDPC. Um, we want to see what God has to say from, from God's Word. So we're going to spend time there and seek to understand what He has for us. Uh, so I had a wonderful discussion with the pastors on Tuesday. We were talking about how this very thing, how God speaks through His Word. That actually Christ Himself speaks today through his word and through the preaching of his word. So that makes what we're doing actually an incredible thing. So let's come with anticipation. Let's come asking prayerfully that the Lord would work. Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. A critical text, actually. A critical text that will play out throughout the rest of Scripture. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Spirit of the living God, speak. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. I don't want to get married, I told my mom. Very, very sincerely as a young boy, because I couldn't imagine leaving her. I wanted to be close to her. I wanted to be with her. I wanted exclusively, just me and her. That's what I wanted. I really couldn't think of life outside of that. So too, we come to Abraham. And knowing Abraham as a human being, he could not conceive of life apart from his mother and father. And yet God is going to do something very profound. God is actually going to take him from his deepest attachments, deepest attachments. Think of our relationship with our parents. All of our, all of our senses are bound up with them, right? Our taste, our taste, I can, I can smell right now my mother's cooking. From, the, from, from my mother's womb, my, my, my diet was connected to her literally in the womb. And it continued on and it plays on to this very day. 
We have deep, deep attachment to our parents, and Abraham is no different. He is going to be called to leave, and this is a literal leave the house. But it will not be in vain. No, this is in order that he might experience a higher blessing. So he is going to leave, yes, but he is going to be blessed with a profound cleaving. He is going to experience the very promise of God in his life, the very God of promise. Even as he enters into the unknown, he comes to know the very God who made him. And not just merely the God who made him, the God who is going to, in a special way, come near to him and to bless him. This is the paradigm. This is the paradigm for the rest of Scripture, beginning with Abraham. It is showing the path to the God of blessing. Do you want to know that path to the God of blessing, friends? Well, it is to take the path of forsaking all in order that you might find the God of promise. This is indeed a call to faith. It is a, it is a very challenging one. It is a very sobering one on Mother's Day. But this God who promises, this God who promises is going to abundantly fulfill those promises by his own power. And at the end of the day, we're going to find the highest blessing imaginable, the highest attachment that we could experience in this life through being united to him. So, God is going to move from creation to a narrowing focus on a single family. And actually, it's quite surprising because the rest of Genesis is totally caught up with this one single family. Actually, you could say the rest of the Bible. Because it is from this family that is going to arise a nation. And God is going to, in a special way, bless that nation uniquely, like he blessed Abraham. And then that blessing is going to extend from Abraham, from his family, his nation, to all the families of the earth. So we move from the particular to the universal, but even as God... God's blessings expand. All of those blessings will be, remain in Abraham. They will remain in Abraham in the sense that we bear the same faith of Abraham. And we bear the same God of Abraham. Like Abraham, we will leave and cleave. Abraham will learn to walk toward the promise. No matter what the cost, he's called to walk toward the promise and the God of the promise. So too, for the people of God today, we are called to learn to walk that same path. No matter the cost, 
we walk according to the promise and there we will find the God of blessing there we will find greater blessing than we could have ever conceived than we could have ever imagined so the context begins in chapter 11 verse 26 we see that Terah was the was Abram's father verse 29 we see that Abram's wife is Sarai and then we come to this very significant detail almost seemingly out of nowhere tucked in to this genealogy now Sarai was barren she had no child now infertility is no joke it is an incredibly hard thing and it is always a hard thing but it was doubly a hard thing in the ancient world all of your honor is bound up in having children so that would have been incredible social shame not being able to have children at this time it would have also been an economic disaster the mother's whole life would have been taken from her there was no second career that she could fall on this was it for her in the ancient world as you could very well understand this would mean that you would have no child to care for you as you grew older this is a significant gap God has called his people to fill the earth yet he Abram and Sarah have no ability to do that they are empty but also if we remember the promise of the godly line from Genesis 3:15 that we bring up week after week after week we remember that it is through the godly line that God would provide a child one day who would defeat the evil one so we've been following that line that's where the pur that's the purpose of all the genealogies we've even come to the line of Shem in chapter 11 that godly line is continuing on and then there seems to be this threat a threat to the very family that it seems that God has promised to bless from all human perspectives it looks as though the blessing is blocked he honestly doesn't seem like the best person for the job does he why, why this family very weak and struggling then we come to chapter 12 verse 1 now the Lord said to Abram now first off why did the Lord speak to Abram why did the Lord call him out at least you know we heard with Noah that Noah was shown grace yes but it, at least he was said to later he was later said to be righteous but here nothing of the sort it's it's kind of mysterious and it's even more mysterious when we read later scripture to discover that Abraham's father Abraham's family were idol worshipers so another gap 
He's certainly not worthy to receive this call, but again, we see grace shining brightly. And even as God calls him, he is calling him to himself in the call. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Here it is again, just like as we saw with Noah. He is a real human being who experiences real pain. This would have been incredible grief to even just think of the idea of this call. As we've seen with Babel, it's just easier to huddle all together, to play it conservative. Let's just put all of our resources together. I know that God has said we should spread out, we should go out. But it's just easier to stay together. But Abram is to go, no hesitation. He's supposed to just move. It's not safe, it's not comfortable, but his job is simply to kiss his mother, kiss his father, and walk out the door, not knowing where he is going. It is an act of faith, upon this new relationship, upon this new allegiance that he is to surrender all to. So verse 2, we see the emphasis on the nature of this new relationship. That it is going to be leaving, but on this whole move, it is going to be a cleaving. Abram is going to be desperate for this God of promise to provide. So his eyes are on the promise, but they're also on the promiser. This is essential. And even as our eyes look over this in verse 2 and 3, we see how God is going to carry the heavy load. Seven I will statements showing the complete perfection of the blessing of God that is going to come upon Abraham. Just as God has promised, so too he will fulfill. And Abram, guess what his job is? It is just to receive. His job is by faith to walk, and his job is by faith to receive the blessing of God in his own way, in his own timing, Trusting not in Abram's resources, but in God's. The only way that this can happen is if the supernatural God shows up. Because all of these promises are beyond Abram. They're all way beyond him. So as he walks by faith in the promise, God will build him something. He's going to build him something greater than Babel. Not a city with bricks and mortar as Babel was. No, he's going to build a family, a nation, a global society. Blessing that will fall upon all the families of the earth. Do you remember, right? Babel sought to make this city. And what was the driving motivation it was self-centered right it was pride it was the glory and honor of their name but here it's the opposite 
God tells him that he will do this. Not Abraham. Abraham simply receives. He doesn't work to create it. He doesn't go there and start building a city. No, God is going to shower it on him. He's going to shower the nation upon him. He's going to shower the blessings on him. Those primary blessings are threefold. Look at verse 2 with me. It'll be a great nation. God is going to make Abram into a great nation. Now, this assumes children. We're going to find out later that that's included in the process, that there needs to be an heir to the throne. He's going to have a great nation. It also, it assumes land, territory to be ruled. And again, we remember that there is a problem. Realistically, as practical people, we don't see how this is going to happen. He's barren, but also he has a shrinking family. He's just said goodbye to his extended family. But the details for Abram are not to be his concern. He is simply to walk toward the promise, to cling toward the God of promise. So verse 2, you have three promises. Verse 3, you have another promise. For, you have three more promises, excuse me, as a climax. And in the middle, there is this hinge at the end of verse 2 that connects these two sets. Now the NIV puts it, you will be a blessing. Now this is actually hard to translate, but I believe the NIV translates this best because the focus has been on and will be on how the blessing is in Abraham. God will bless. So he is, he is the source of the blessing. And in his being a blessing, there's a guarantee. It will happen through him. So it's very important, I believe, that we, as we look at this passage, we don't allow the blessing to others drown out what came before and what came after. God is not concerned here that Abram is going to be a spooled child and quickly say to him, you're blessed, but only, only, only to be a blessing. There's more here for us. Um, one of my mentors illustrates it this way. Um, he says, you can imagine a parent going to an orphanage and adopting a child. And that child, you know, coming to him and saying, why did you choose me? And the parent says, well, actually, you know, we love all the children equally. Um, we only choose you, only chose you, um, not to give you any special privilege or anything, but so that you will simply pass along every privilege to all the children. Now, Phil's point is this, is that these aren't actually adoptive parents. These are more like philanthropists. God is putting his particular focus upon Abram with no shame, no insecurity. God is setting his love on him. Now, you remember that Abraham doesn't deserve it. You remember that all the peoples of the world have rebelled around him, and no one deserves it. But by God's grace, he is going to bless Abraham. And guess what? He is going to bless thousands, millions 
of people through Abraham as they are connected to Abraham, as they have, again, the same faith and the same God of Abraham. Now, I believe this hinge is further clarified in the last three blessings. I think you can can see it, that this is the key point. He says, I will bless those who bless you. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. This union is so tight. So if you bless Abraham, it's as though you're blessing God. That's how personal this relationship is. It almost sounds as though Abram is God's adopted child. As if he's been intimately brought into the family and loved. And he is going to bring others in through Abraham. Now it also sounds like the blessing that came upon Shem. As Shem received the very name of God upon him, so too. Will Abraham's children receive the name of God upon them? Now, this is highlighted in the negative in the next phrase. Those who curse Abram, God will curse. Again, even as we saw in Noah, God is committed to protection. That redemption, salvation might spread. He's going to protect The seed of the woman must advance. So then we come to the final phrase. Begins with these two critical words. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Here again, God blesses a particular person, and yet this is going to have universal implications, right? All those who are connected to Abraham will be blessed. Now, this is critical to see as we think of this leaving and cleaving. Because we need to see the the benefits that are going to come. That Abraham might have God himself as his highest blessing. Even as Abram is chosen, set apart for God alone. As he goes through this walk even as he's on his way to that land. This is being confirmed deeper and deeper and deeper that God is his God. And he is, in fact, the reward. This is explicit in Genesis 15, 6. The New King James Version says this, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Do you hear that? Let that soak in for a minute. So even as Abram and Abram's descendants experience the blessing of children, of land, of a a nation, of this blessing touching all those who have scattered across the earth, all the people groups of the earth, many are going to find God as their reward. The blessing of family. They're going to grow big, and all of it will just be a reminder that God is with them. The blessing of a nation, this political governing and authority that God will raise up, where the special rule of God will again focus on a particular nation by grace. And guess what? God will be found there, God will be their reward. 
and then the blessing that will come upon the whole world, even as the spread of Abram's name is going to spread, God will be found through the magnification of Abram's name so that all the scattered people, this, this, these developing people groups that we've been looking at that are spreading out through the earth, they're going to be touched by intimate fellowship with God under the name of God in Abram. Now again, all of this is far beyond what Abram will see. But by faith, it will be done. Again, he will not build a nation. He will not go out as a missionary seeking to convert the Canaanites. He will simply go to the land that God has called him to go, to the land of Canaan. Walk toward the promise, trusting in God's complete blessing, believing that God will do it. So church, how are we to hear God speaking to us today from this word? Well, Matthew is very clear as he's writing his gospel. He begins with a genealogy. And guess what the first name of that genealogy is? It is Abraham. It is Abraham. Because it is crystal clear as Christ comes, he is it. He is the fulfillment of the blessing that was to come through Abram, through his line. And Jesus himself is going to be tied far closer to God than Abram ever was. So he was the eternal one. He was actually before Abraham. And he was going to come as the very son of God, leaving the glories of heaven to bring this blessing to you and I, that we might experience this higher relationship. And he's going to send out the call to leave and cleave. Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 37, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. That's a profound call to leave and cleave. But what he's saying is that even as you forsake all in this world, you will find immeasurable blessing, joy, and life in God himself. In order to have the blessing of Abraham, you must have the faith of Abraham. Unless you lose your life, you will not gain it, Jesus says. It's either your family or it's Christ. There's no middle ground. It's either your, your nation or it's Christ. It's either the world or it's Christ. It's either the pursuit of your own blessing, your own honor, or Christ. We cannot merely tag the name Christian upon our life unless we are walking in the faith of Abraham, complete and total allegiance, a life of faith. 
And it will be a life filled with tension and filled with doubt, just as we will see in the life of Abraham. It will be a battle. It will be a struggle. Even today, many families will say to their child, do not get baptized. Do not get baptized. It's becoming a prominent command. Many nations, do not do this one thing. Don't take on the name of that God. Do not waste so much time and energy and money for Jesus. This seems extremely wasteful. Don't waste it. But you, friends, but you, friends, we know better. We know that in, in leaving this world, we are going to gain immeasurable blessings in this marriage with Christ himself. We are going to gain more life than we could ever lose in Christ. Now, as we continue on in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus gives another promise, a promise of nation building, where he says, I will build my church. Jesus, again and again, is going to say, I will do this. I will do this. My kingdom has come. And I am drawing many into my care, adopting many. Peter, again, say it abundantly clear that we are a holy nation. We are a holy nation. The promise has been fulfilled in a spiritual way, right? It's not a kingdom of this world, no. Very different from that. But King Jesus is conquering hearts all throughout the world, leading us to know the joy and the blessing of God in which we have been created to experience. And even as we come to the end of Matthew, right, you will remember Jesus says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. All of it, all authority. I'm the king of this nation. And hear my call. My call is this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And it concludes with this glorious promise of his presence. Because even as we go, we will experience him more and more. We will find him even as we fulfill his call, just like Abram. Now I want to remind you that the Great Commission is not merely a call for the missionary. It certainly is that. That will be very important for the whole church to rally around and to think and to pray about the advancement of the gospel across cultures. But I want you to see and remember that Christ is calling his whole church, his whole church to enter in and be a disciple and to make disciples, to see this blessing flow to all. So what are we to do as a church? What's our vision for our church? Well, our vision is to simply walk like Abraham. And we wake up every morning and we all say the same thing. 
I'm walking toward the promise. We hear God every morning. He says, I will, I will, I will. I'm going to do it. And even as we walk with God, we go to work. And we say, God, I believe that you are entering into this world. You are fulfilling your promise to Abram even today. God, would you be so pleased to use me? Use me in my simple act of service in my job, my love toward my neighbor. Lord, would you open up opportunities that I might make this blessing known to those who are without Christ? Those peoples of the earth who have no blessing. Yes, they have God and his common grace, but they do not have the fullness of God's salvation, of life in Christ. Oh, church, would we be moved to see the glory of this call? But I want us to be clear. Are we clear exactly on what this blessing from Abraham is? One final verse, Galatians 3.8 says this, that the good news was preached to Abram. The good news, the gospel was preached to Abram. And then it says, because he saw that God would justify the Gentiles. He saw that even those who were not from the family of Abraham, even those who weren't of the nation of Israel that God had set his affection upon, even those who had been scattered and were lost in idolatry, even those are going to know the joy of leaving and cleaving, of experiencing this new and higher relationship in which God will establish to bring in more that they might experience the fellowship of God. So Abram was to believe God, and God did the work. God would unite Abram to God. The pattern of the gospel is the same. We believe God does the work. God saves. We are united to God. We are made right. We are justified. We are reconnected with him, declared righteous before him. This, my friends, is the highest blessing that can be found on the earth. It is here that you experience personal blessing. You receive a new family, a new nation, and actually you receive the world. The world is your inheritance. Uh, the most vivid picture for me of this is from a Muslim friend. Um, actually, this story is very common. And it goes like this. He, embra he embraces Christ. And even as he embraces Christ, eventually his family comes to know and there becomes the most painful separation imaginable as the parent says, you are no longer my son. Or the parent says, you are no longer my daughter. Generation after generation, nation after nation, religion after religion. But you know what's fascinating? Is that all of these brothers and sisters in Christ have the very same response. I've been given everything. I've been given the highest blessings 
that could come upon this earth. Don't feel sorry for me. Yes, there is grief. Yes, there is pain. But there is a higher relationship. There is a higher joy that has been given in Christ. This is beautiful. But the question for the churches is why are so few seeking to give this blessing of Christ? Is it that we have believed that the blessing of family is higher than the blessing of Christ? Church, think about it. Do we believe in our practical day-to-day -day life that the blessing of family is greater than the blessing of life in Christ? Why are we not thinking of the people groups of this country who do not have Christ, who do not have the blessing? Why don't we think of places like Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Indonesia, Thailand, Japan? Now, many of us may not be called to go there. I recognize that. I believe all should pray and ask the Lord, Lord, would you send me? Perhaps you may not be a missionary, but perhaps you should pray and ask the Lord, could I get a job somewhere in one of these very difficult places where the church has incredible need and to seek to go and get a job and seek to bless and encourage the church there? But all of us, all of us can take in 30 minutes, even this week, 30 minutes to intentionally move toward someone in one of the families of the earth that doesn't know the blessing of Christ. We can all regularly, weekly, we can all weekly pray for the persecuted church, to pray for those brothers and sisters who are indeed in a real way. They're experiencing great loss for the sake of Christ. All of us can find ways to make disciples, to call others to Christ, to show people the worth of Christ. Now, mothers, give a gift to yourself and to your children. Decide it in your heart today to dedicate your children to the Lord. Make this job easy for your children. Raise them up intentionally to send them out. To send them out that they might know the blessing of God. Even dare to pray that God would send out a missionary from your family that would go across cultures, that would leave the comforts of home in order to know the joy of spreading the fame of Christ and the joy of knowing Him. Remember, mothers, these children are the kings. They're His. Teach them God's call 
train their spiritual taste buds, even as you train their physical ones, train their spiritual taste buds to be consumed with the things of the kingdom of God, to be consumed with the joys of the blessing of God and the relationship with God. But church, do we know the promises of God for us? Do we know what they are? We should list them out. We should list them out. We should be very clear. God is building a nation, so we should have incredible hope as a church that God is going to do great things in our midst. Even as we go and we love on our coworkers, as we interact with people of different nations, even of our own nation, we seek to make disciples. But in our minds, in our, what's consuming us is God's word. I will, I will, I will. He will do it. He will do it. He will gather a people for himself. And it is there that we will be gathered, reclining at the table there with Abraham, with a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. We have a great privilege, church. This is indeed a heavy message, but it is one that comes with joy. It comes with the opportunity of making people glad in God eternally. Walk in the faith of Abram, who left all to gain God, the God of promise, the God of blessing, by faith, awaiting the supernatural fulfillment, the God of Abraham prays, at whose supreme command from earth I rise and seek the joys at his right hand. I all on earth forsake its wisdom, fame, and power, and him my only portion make my shield and tower. Let's pray. Oh, Father, um, we need your spirit to be able to receive this word. We praise you that your spirit does the work. It enables us to, like Abraham, forsake all to grasp more than we could conceive in our own minds. Father, teach us to reason in accordance to your ways, in accordance to the reality of who you are and how blessed it is to know you. Father, set us free even as we see your promises, even as we see the mission that you have given to the church, make us hopeful that you will do it. And may we, like Abram, just wake up and walk. Walk by faith. And Lord, whether we see the fruit, whether we see the fulfillment in our lives or not, let us walk and let us know you, the blessed God. Amen.
Podcast.